Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the enticement of Delilah as we pick up in Judges chapter 16, verse 4. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Thus came to pass that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came to her, and they said unto her, Entice him. Find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we might prevail against him. And we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. So they, all of them, offered this enormous bribe to her if she would discover the secret of this fellow's strength. So Delilah said plain out to him, Hey, tell me, what is the secret? Where is it that your great strength lies? Samson said, Well, if they would bind me with green vines that have never been dried, then I would be weak just like any other man. So she began to, you know, run her fingers through his hair, that kind of stuff, and pretty soon he fell off to sleep, and she commanded the Philistines to come in with green vines never dried, and they bound him up. And she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up, and these things snapped off like they were threads that were burned in a fire. And he cracked the skulls of the Philistines. (laughs) And she said, you lied to me. That isn't really true. You weren't weak like other men. Tell me, don't lie to me. Tell me, what is the secret of your strength? Where does your great strength lie? And he said, well, the mistake people have made is they've never bound me with new ropes. Now, if you would bind me with new ropes, then I would be weak, just like any other man. So again, she soothed them off to sleep and ordered the Philistines to bind him with these new ropes, never been used for any other purpose. And then she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And he jumped up, and these ropes snapped off and again busted their skulls. She said, oh, you lied to me again. (laughs) Tell me, Samson, come on. I want the truth this time. What is the secret of your strength? And Samson said, well, if you would braid my hair in seven braids, then I'd be weak just like anybody else. Now, at this point, you may be thinking, good, Samson, you're not revealing the truth. Keep her guessing. But in reality, Samson is guilty 
of a compromise which is always dangerous. When she said, what is the secret of your strength? He should have flat out said, it's none of your business. I'll never tell. But he's playing games, thinking that he is clever. But notice he's getting closer to the truth. He's wearing down. He's talking now about his hair. There are times when people have made a special commitment of their life to God. Maybe at a retreat. Maybe just at a time where God has really spoken in their heart and they've responded and they've made their determination, I'm going to really live my life now for God. And the phone rings. And it's one of their friends. And they say, come on over tonight. We're going to have a party. Someone's got a keg, you know, and we're going to have a good time. Now, this is the life you said, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. I know that that life is a life of folly. I'm not going to enter that anymore. And, and I'm going to live for Christ. And you've made that commitment within your heart. But now, here is the invitation. And you say, oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate you calling me, but I don't feel so good tonight. I think I'm going to go to bed early. And they say, oh, that's too bad. We're going to really have a blast, you know. And you think, wow, all right, chalk one up for victory, you know. I didn't go. But wait a minute. You weren't totally honest either. And what you have actually done is left the door open for another invitation. Now, if when they called and said, hey, come on over tonight, we got a cave, we're going to have a great time, you know, if you had said, I appreciate you calling, but I have committed my life to Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff anymore. I'm going to just be living for the Lord because that's the only way to live. Man, the time of the end is close, and I'm just going to really get it on for the Lord. No, no, no more of that stuff for me. They'd never call you again. <laughs> you see, now you're being honest. You're being true. You're closing the door, which we need to do on evil. We need to close the door on evil. We're not always doing that. A lot of times we're leaving the door open, little excuses, so that the door is still open. This was Samson's problem. He was leaving the door open, but he is weakening. He's breaking down. And so again, she caused him to go to sleep. And she braided his hair into seven locks. And for good measure, they took spikes and pinned them to the planks of the floor. And then she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up and pulled the planks of the floor up with him and went out and took care of them. Now women know when everything else fails, Try the tear route. And so Delilah began to turn on the tears. You've been deceiving me. You don't really love me. 
You've just been playing games with me. You don't really love me. You know, you're just making a fool out of me. Tell me, Samson. And she began to press him daily, making it miserable for him. And so finally, Samson said, look, all my life, I've been a Nazarite unto God. There it is. That was the secret of his strength. The word Nazarite is separated. All of my life, I've been separated unto God. The strength of Samson lay in his commitment of his life to God, which was done really before his birth. For before Samson was ever born, the angel of the Lord, in announcing to his mother the fact that she was to have a son, told her never to bring a razor to his head never to allow him to have anything from the vine, wine or whatever, because he was to be a Nazarite from his birth unto God, separated unto God from his birth. Now in Numbers, the sixth chapter, you have the law for the Nazarite. There were many times when a person wanted to have a special dedication of his life to God for a period of time. It's more or less as the traditional Lent period today where people, you know, make sort of a commitment prior to Easter and, and, and sacrifice or give up something for the Lent period. Well, the, in Israel, they, they did the same kind of a thing in, in a period and usually before their feast days, the, the holy days of their feast, uh, they, would, they would take a vow and separate their lives unto God. And according to the sixth chapter of Numbers, if you wanted to separate your life and take the vows of a Nazarite, you were to bring no razor to your head. And you were not to drink any wine, any vinegar uh, made from grapes, any uh, strong drink coming from grapes. You were not to drink any nectar or grape juice nor were you to eat any grapes themselves, nor raisins, nor anything that came from the grapevine. Now, the reason for that, I don't know. But it was just a, a kind of a self-denial. Uh, raisins were one of the, the real delicacies in those days. They did not have canning processes or freezing of food and all in those days. So in the summertime, they would dry their fruits. And all winter long, they would eat dried fruits. Or, uh, you know, they can take and cook up the ap dried apricots with some water, and they have apricots. But they, they did not have any canning processes, so the preserving process was always that of drying the fruit. So raisins were really a delicacy. It's something they, it, was a, it was something that they always had and enjoyed. And so it's sort of a denial in order to make this consecration unto God for a period of time. And then when you came to the end of, the, of that time that you have set for your consecration, then you 
shave all of your hair and you bring it and offer it as a burnt offering unto God. It was just a sacrifice thing and you'd, you know, it was just the sacrifice. In Numbers, the sixth chapter tells of the vows of a Nazarite. Now, his was not to be a separation for a period of time. It was to be a lifelong commitment and separation of his life to God, a lifelong type of a consecration or commitment. And that was the secret of his strength. I have been a Nazarite unto God. I've been separated unto God. And therein his great strength did lie. That separation unto God or that Nazarite vow was indicated by his hair having never been cut. And so he tells her, I've been a Nazarite unto God. There's never been a razor come to my head. If I would break that vow, if I would shave my head, the vow would be broken. It would be over. Then I would be just like any other man. He told her all that was in his heart. He laid his heart open before her. And it said that Delilah knew that this time he actually laid his heart open. He told her the truth. And so she went out to the lords of the Philistines. She said, we've got him. And so they all gathered together. And again, she relaxed him so he could go to sleep. You think, oh, that poor, stupid oaf. You'd think that the guy would know better. You know, after all, she's done everything he said so far. He said, tie me with new green vines, tie me with new ropes, braid my hair, and she's done the whole thing. He ought to know that she's going to do it. You'd think that he'd get out of there. Paul said to Timothy to flee youthful lust which damn men's souls in perdition. But Samson, sort of bolstered by the victories of the past, having become self-confident over the past power, went to sleep. Now you hear so often that Delilah cut off his hair. No, she didn't. She called a barber. And while he was sleeping there on her lap, the barber shaved his head. And so she woke him up. She said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up and he said, I'll shake myself as times before. And he knew not that the Lord had departed from him. As we move on in the Old Testament, we're going to come to an interesting king by the name of Asa, who at the beginning of his reign was facing a huge invading army of Ethiopians and Nubians. And he called upon the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel. And as he was coming back from victory over this huge army, the prophet of God came out to Asa and said, The Lord is with you while you'll be with him, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. 
The Lord was with Samson as long as he kept that vow, even though he wasn't always doing the right thing. Even though there was tremendous weakness in his own moral character, even though he was guilty of doing foolish things, yet the Lord didn't desert him until he deserted the Lord, until the vow was broken. But at this point, he had strayed so far that he didn't even know that the Lord had departed from him. Now, there is a spiritual kind of a blindness that afflicts people. Especially if you are fooling around in the enemy's territory, trying to play around with sin, playing games on the enemy's field. It is possible for you to stray from God and to get out more or less isolated and away from God. So caught up in your activities that you're not really aware of the fact that that anointing, that power of God is no longer upon your life. Now there are many people who assume because the anointing of God is still upon their life, that God must be pleased with all that they are doing. That is a wrong conclusion. God does not immediately lift his anointing from a person's life because they have failed or they have fallen. I've heard so many people use the rationale, but God still uses us. And, and thus they, they take the fact that God is still using them as, as, as sort of a God is approving what we are doing. If God wasn't approving what we were doing, then he would take his anointing and take his power from our lives. That isn't always true. It's a wrong rationale. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But if you continue in that path, you're going to get one day to the place where God's spirit is removed from your life. You won't know it maybe for a time. You'll still be going on in the same old thing, but you'll not be seeing the effects and the results anymore. He was blind to his own spiritual state. It is possible to be self-deceived about your own spiritual state. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us. And there are a lot of self-deluded people as regarding to their own spiritual condition. Samson was blind to the truth about his own spiritual condition. He knew not that the Lord had departed from him. But because the Lord had departed from him, he was weak just like any other man. And this man who at one time had slain a thousand of the Philistines with the unlikely weapon of a jawbone of a donkey, 
is now held down by just a few of them. As one brings a stick and gouges out his eyes, while others grab him and bind him with chains of brass, and they lead him off to Gaza to put him in the prison where he is now grinding. In those days, they had their mills with the giant millstones, some of them weighing several hundred pounds. And they would take these stones and lay them and carve into the stones little grooves around in a circle. And they would have a, a stone in the center of the circle with a hole that they had made in the top that would pivot around and around. And then they would have this giant round millstone that rolled around in this groove. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Judges 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you. May His Spirit work in you, changing you from glory to glory into His image that God might conform you into the image of Christ, that you might become the person that God wants you to be. Not governed by your own will, but governed by the Spirit of God, reacting and responding, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that your life might be a testimony in your home, in the office, at your place of work, wherever you are, as that nature and character of Christ is revealed in you, in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. This Christmas, why not give the gift of God's Word by choosing the Word for Today Bible, featuring Chuck Smith's notes highlighting a simple understanding of the Scriptures. This Bible includes an exhaustive concordance, cross-references, in-text and color maps, words of Christ in red, and Chuck Smith's commentary notes, including Hebrew and Greek word origins. 
And in the Word for Today Bible softcover edition, we've included Chuck Smith's book, How Can a Man Be Born Again, which is very informative for a new believer. It's our prayer that as your loved ones read the Word for Today Bible, Chuck's commentaries will give a simple understanding into the scriptures, causing God's Word to come to life in their heart, not only drawing them into a closer relationship with the Lord, but stirring them to passionately serve God. For more information, please call the Word for Today at 800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org to read a preview.